I've been on one short-term mission trip and it was to southern Sudan to a place called Shribet. There's one evening when I had to walk a long way to get a mobile signal to talk to Sarah at home. And because it's close to the equator, when dusk comes, it doesn't last very long, you pretty much go from daylight to night. So there I was talking to my wife, quite a way away from the camp, and then suddenly I realised when I stopped talking to Sarah that night had come. Night had come and I had no idea where I was. So I strapped on a head torch and started back. Now obviously head torches, there's no electric light anywhere, head torches were a bit of a threat. Several householders came out at me shouting at me with, with well whatever they were, I didn't stay long to find out whether they were spears or anything, I just whizzed on. I was completely lost. I had nothing by which I could find my bearings. Of course I prayed, of course I was trying to keep from panic. I tried to find my way and eventually, a long way off, I saw the centre where we were staying and I managed to find my way back. But for 5, 10, 15 minutes, I can't tell you how long it was, I was completely lost with not a single landmark by which to find my way. It was really scary. I had to fight panic. I think sometimes we feel a little bit like that about how we are now as a culture and as a country. We're emerging from lockdown, but the way back from lockdown feels quite a long way. This Sunday we're doing two services for the first time. That's our development. Next couple of Sundays time, we're hopefully going to be running three services. We're trying to build back up. And yet, it's a time where there is so much uncertainty and there are so many different opinions. Uh, the government's uh, advice seems to change as often as the wind. And we realise that many of us have different attitudes to the situation. Some of us are really fearful for all kinds of good reasons and others of us are maybe taking so many risks. We have that range of opinion even within a church like Highfield as to what the right thing to do is. And it's hard to trust the advice we're given. At times it feels like, if I'm frank, our government couldn't run a socially distanced revelry in a brewery. So how do we find our way? How do we find our bearings at a time like this? Of course our story, Jeremiah 29, is, is written to the exiles. It's written from Jerusalem to those who have been deported to Babylon. They faced a much greater dislocation than we have done. They'd, they trashed God's laws, they completely ignored him, and eventually, after centuries of terrible behaviour, he got to the point where he'd had enough. They were sent into exile, and they faced a, a complete desolation, a sense of utter loss. How do we find, they were thinking, how do we find a way to sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? What does it mean to be faithful to God where this has happened to us? And there are three things that the Lord says to them in that letter. The first thing the Lord says to the exiles is, there is a plan. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So the first thing he wants them to understand is, there is a plan. But he's not going to share that with them yet. There is a plan. There is a purpose that he is pursuing in all of this. He has a future and a hope for them. They have to rest in that. The second thing he says to them 
is no shortcuts. No shortcuts. In, the, in verses 9 and 10 of our reading, he basically says, look, don't listen to the prophets who are telling you all of this is going to be over in a few moments. In a couple of years, it'll all be done. I'm not taking any shortcuts with you. You have lost your way so comprehensively that I am taking the long view. You need to have to remember who you are and who I am in exile before we will find our way home together. So he says, don't listen to the lying prophets who are telling you just what you want to hear. Listen to my prophets. Listen to the ones that I have commissioned. And this is what I want them to say to you. Take the long view. Build houses. Don't live in tents. Build houses. Dig gardens. Eat from them. He's saying marry and have children. Uh, and if you have children, don't hesitate to marry them off to other members of the community. I want you to increase in number, not decrease. That's your task right now. Not to worry about when you're going home because you're not going home anytime soon. No shortcuts. Increase in number. Dig in. And amazingly, he tells them to pray for the peace and prosperity of the city in which they were held captive. Because the Lord said to them, if this city prospers, you will prosper as well. Third thing he says to them, at the end of this, it's all about relationship. It's all about how much you will seek me. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, you will be heard. That's the key to finding our way home together, the Lord is saying. It is when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Those are the three keys for those uh, exiles who were lost in Babylon. The first one, trust that there is a plan, but it's a way off. Second, there are no shortcuts. And third, the key to it all, remembering who you are, remembering who I am, the key to it all is seeking me with all your heart. So what does all this mean for us today? Well, first, two for us, there is a plan. God has a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. For now, as we wait for that plan to emerge, faithfulness is enough. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the uh, breaking of bread and to the prayers. That's the kind of heart. That's in the way in which we are seeking God for such a time as this. We might be living in a culture that's experiencing significant and profound change. In some ways, it's too soon to say. It might revert if, if we have a vaccine soon, but actually we're experiencing profound change as a culture and therefore as a church. The challenge is, as Jeremiah 17 talks about, is for us to be like a tree planted by a stream uh, that's roots are out into the water. That tree, Jeremiah prophesies, uh, never ceases to bear fruit. Its, its leaves are always green, even in a time of drought. So this is the time where we have to trust that there is a plan, but while we wait for it to emerge, we need to put deep roots down. We need to really drill in and we nearly, really need to reach after God. So how is the Lord calling you to grow at this time? Uh, how is the Lord calling you to trust? What is he asking you to wrestle with as you wait for his plan to emerge? Second thing I think it says to us is, there are no shortcuts. 
There's a, a, a river near a place called Faldebrannan, which means the sheep hold of the king. It's a retreat centre in West Wales. I was really struck when Sarah and I visited it many years ago about this incredibly sinuous river that's running down. It, it looks, it's so many loops. It looks like it's just not at all the shortest, quickest way. It doesn't look like a reasonable way to get water from A to B, and yet, that's the quickest way for water to get from A to B, using the least amount of energy. Sometimes God takes us on a long journey because actually a short one isn't enough. Shortcuts don't lead us to the place where God wants us to be. Sometimes the Lord works really slowly with us, as he did with Joseph, really slowly with us until he gets to the point where he can move quickly with us. It is 13 years from Joseph's call uh, to entering the Pharaoh's uh, service. 13 years where he must have wondered what on earth was going on in his life. And yet he was being trained for stewardship all of that time. 13 years and then he rises to prominence in a single day. So no shortcuts. God takes the long view with us because it's actually about forming character and forming relationship between us and him. So how is the Lord shaping you at this time? What are the character challenges that he's giving to you? How is he forming you to hold significant responsibility, maybe in the world around us, maybe in your family, maybe in church? How is the Lord calling and working in you at the moment? And third and finally, we're back to seeking him with all her heart. There have been several times when we've been back in the building where it has just been a delight to be back together as we form that dwelling place of God that Ephesians 2 talks about, the dwelling place of God in the spirit that we form when we come together. There have been those times when it's been thrilling. How are we seeking God with all our heart as a church? How are we seeking him? How are we praying about what's next for us as a church? I hope you're praying for services as they are restored. I hope you're praying for ministries that you're passionate about seeking the Lord at this time. We had a three-week holy pause and then, my word, we've had about a six-month holy pause. So what is the Lord calling us to pick up at this time? The key in this, in a culture which has completely lost its way in all kinds of ways, just as, uh, just as the people of God in Israel had lost their way and completely trashed God's laws and, and just basically treated his kindness with contempt, we live in a culture that doesn't mind the Lord, doesn't listen to him. The key to leading ourselves, leading the church and leading our culture out of that place is this seeking the Lord with all our heart. Not just for a day, not just for a season, but as a lifestyle, as a whole life commitment to seek the Lord with all our heart because then we will be found. As we seek, we will be found. As we uh, bring our requests to him, they will be heard. We will see his favour renewed. That's the heart, that's the hope that this experience of exile purified God's people and brought them back eventually after 70 years into the land. And that's when uh, the, the Lion of Judah, that's when Jesus emerges from Israel. It's after that time in, in uh, exile. 
So there is an excitement at a time like this. It's not, it's not church and it's not life as normal, but there are so many excitements, so many opportunities in there because we are being stirred up. We're being stirred up to seek the Lord with all our heart. We might live in a culture as lost as I felt in southern Sudan, and yet, and yet we will find our way home with the Lord when we seek him with all our heart. So there is a plan. There is a plan. There are no shortcuts. And the key to all of it, the key to restoration of relationship, the key to restoration of fellowship, the key to restoration of fruitfulness in ministry and mission, the key to it all is seeking the Lord with all our heart. Will you join me on that journey as we seek the Lord with all our heart, trusting that we will be found by him and we will see his grace, his power and his favour in ever greater measure. Amen.